0: Buju Anine Tansay. Welcome to the Circles of Matriarchy podcast where we invite Indigenous women entrepreneurs from all across Turtle Island to share their wisdom and stories and rematriate mentorship. My name is Ashley Richard and I'm a proud Ojibwe, Métis and Filipina woman. I am one of your co-hosts and I'm joining from Treaty One territory. I'm the Associate Director of the National Indigenous Hub for the Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub. My role is to lead and be part of the co-creation of the future of an inclusive innovation ecosystem for Indigenous women entrepreneurs. Tanche, my name is Vanessa
1: Les-France and I am a mixed heritage Métis woman who currently resides on the beautiful, traditional and unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples. And I am your other co-host. I work with the not-for-profit, the Indigenous Lift Collective, as the Lift Circle lead, where we meet and circle every Wednesday to co-create the conditions for Indigenous women and gender-diverse entrepreneurs to thrive. Our circles are sacred, supportive, where we aim to love and lift one another and our businesses. And we figured "rematriating Treaty Mentorship was a perfect title when we discovered the origins of the word mentor. Did you know that in Greek mythology, the goddess of wisdom Athena came down to earth in the form of the king's advisor mentor to provide guidance to the king's son? We thought that was pretty cool.
0: The Circles of Matriarchy podcast was inspired by learning circles we held throughout 2021, where we brought together diverse Indigenous women entrepreneurs to share their knowledge in a way that honors a reciprocal exchange of wisdom. And we are so excited to
1: extend the knowledge shared from these learning circles in our 10-part podcast series. We have some incredible Indigenous women entrepreneurs that will be joining us to share their big matriarch energy. We can't wait to introduce you to today's guest.
0: Bonjour, Anin tansay and welcome to another episode of Circles of Matriarchy, where we are rematriating mentorship. We're talking with so many inspiring Indigenous women entrepreneurs across Turtle Island about so many different topics related to entrepreneurship. So if you haven't listened to our previous episodes, go back and do listen. But today on this episode, we're really excited and honored to be joined by Vicky Oftemauer, who is the owner of Rich Indige Auntie. During our live event last year, Vicky talked to our circles about addressing internalized colonial beliefs that block us from welcoming money into our lives. And that's actually, you know, beyond circles of matriarchy, that's actually something that I've had the... The pleasure of talking with Vicky quite a lot about throughout the years is, you know, this welcoming money into your life. And I found, you know, Vicky, the the things that you've shared with myself and with others that I've had the privilege of listening to has been so helpful to just on my own journey with money, identify my relationship with money, why I treat money the way I do, why I think about it the way I do. We always run out of time with your workshops. I remember like, you know, it's always if only we had four more hours to really unpack all of this. So thank you for being so open and vulnerable and for sharing this wisdom and knowledge with people across the country. And I'm I'll pass it to my co-host, Vanessa. Anshay, everyone. Yeah, I'm
1: so excited to sit in circle with you again, Vicky. And something I admire about you is that you put yourself out there unapologetically. You are real, you're vulnerable, and you encourage folks, especially Indigenous women, to talk about money, Mm -hmm. to embrace money. And decolonize our mindset about money. And I think these are conversations that are so important, but they don't happen. So I'm just grateful for you to hold space to have these types of conversations. And with that said, Vicky, if you could just introduce yourself and a bit about the work you do.
2: Absolutely. Thank you both so much. Nakumik, thank you. As we were just saying a few minutes ago, like I love working with all of you. I'm so grateful to work with all of you and just sit in circle and sit in community and have these important conversations. We first got connected like early in lockdown. And as crazy as the last two and a half years have been, it, I think, brought us together as an Indigenous community and as the matriarchy and really the the matriarchy and us creatives and entrepreneurs and the as high achievers or whatever, <laughs> you know, to connect with the, with one another, which I know for me, it's something that I longed for, but I didn't have, and I didn't really know how to do it, right? So I really am so grateful to to Lift, to WEC, and like all of the other forces that brought us, brought us together and continue to bring us together. I'm really grateful that you all continue to answer this call, whatever that is within you, to keep this conversation going because it, really matters. You know, I know it matters to me and I know it matters to so many other Indigenous women and gender non-conforming folks out there that have this new opportunity and new possibility, I think, of dreaming and visioning and making those visions come to life. You know, we don't do that alone, we do it together, right? All of that to say thank you. As far as an introduction, I'm Vicki (laughs) Offtermauer. I'm a proud Inuk woman. I live in the city that's known as Toronto. I'm a guest on these lands. And I grew up on Baffin Island. I'm in community and such a beautiful, important part of this country known as Canada. I have so much to share, but what I'll say is I describe it as I grew up rich. I grew up rich in community. I grew up rich in culture. I grew up rich in endless land and endless sky and endless beauty, right? I really do feel that I had a rich because I did upbringing, you know, in community. And I didn't have any idea what money was until I came south, until I came, you know, left community and came into this new world (laughs) in an urban center, you know, in here in Toronto. I never had any aspirations for money or really pursued it anything until I got into the workforce as a young woman and started to engage with money. And I didn't know how to, because we don't learn about money in school. And because, you know, like you were saying, Vanessa, we don't talk about this stuff. I might swear. Is that allowed? Do it. <laughs> you know me, like I swear sometimes I drop some bombs, but you know, we don't talk about this shit in the open, let alone in Indigenous communities. So, you know, obviously money is the currency by which we kind of operate in this world that we've been forced to participate in. It wasn't a choice. And I had very real, as I imagine all of us do had what the fuck, you know, like, okay, we're supposed to engage with money, but we're not taught about it. And then we're supposed to build and create a life and a living and like all of these things that we're supposed to do in tandem with money, but we're never taught about it. So I had a very real experience of, Hey, what is going on? There have been times in my life where I made some money and I, you know, I made I made and I accumulated a quote-unquote decent amount. And there were times in my life where I didn't know how I was going to pay rent. And the whole spectrum from some accumulation to, to nothing and just had to look within myself and start to look at what I believed about money and really started to engage and seek and I guess start to dismantle like what I had been taught or not taught or believed about money. And it was through that experience of like, having this one woman (laughs) experience, but really, I I was doing it with my understanding of God of creator of, you know, the universe, whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm. And my ancestors, they were there with me too. And it's really through that inner knowing and that those messages that I received that I was told to bring my teachings out into the open and to start talking about it out loud, not just in my journal and bring it out to the community. And that was really uncomfortable for me. I was yeah. scared. I was scared to start talking about it because we don't talk about it. Like I said,
1: I'm curious. You talk about, you know, you were inspired to you know share your mm-hmm. teachings mm-hmm. looking back was there a pivotal moment or something specific that when you realized when you thought to yourself "Hmm, I need to to share this or was there something yeah something specific that caused you to start rich and dig auntie and realize I need to share my teachings
2: so because I had come to experience a new relationship with money within myself. And the healing that had taken place was showing up in my bank account. (laughs) So it was effective. So I had gotten a gig and I had gotten paid more for it. What I call it an energy exchange. The energy exchange was higher than anything that I had ever received.
1: And Sorry, I know what you mean by energy exchange, but yeah. in case folks listening don't, can yeah. you just briefly explain what an energy exchange yeah, is? Yeah,
2: so I, I mean, we call it getting paid <laughs> for our time and our work. You know, a paycheck is an energy exchange. We exchange our time, skills, and experiences for a paycheck, and that's a contract that we make and we agree with. You know, a lot of us can say, well, I don't get paid enough. Not, you know, and it's like, these are the colonial systems at play. It's like, we do agree to it because especially a few years ago, we thought that was the only way or many of us, you know, I know that I certainly did. I, I didn't aspire specifically to, to be an entrepreneur, to be self-employed. I really was in the, I was in the workforce. I was in the corporate world. Workforce. And again, like I had hit a very real glass ceiling. And the energy exchange is, yeah, it's getting paid.
1: <laughs> and yeah. it sounds like Rich and Dig Anti was born out of necessity, then, really.
2: It was born out of necessity for sure. Because, like I said, like I hit a very real glass ceiling. And because I was connected with Indigenous entrepreneurs specifically. And creatives in a way that I hadn't been exposed to at that till that point, I was like, oh, folks need this. The pivotal moment, Vanessa, was two years ago when George Floyd got murdered for the first time, kind of ever. <laughs> so many, of course, Black creatives and entrepreneurs and Black voices were being kind of spotlighted. Because of that incident, people had new ears to hear what mm-hmm. we had been saying as Indigenous folks and, of course, the Black Black High community Park. as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we were always saying the same things, but that incident brought about new ears to hear what we had been saying, <laughs> what we have been saying for, like, ever. There are real injustices going on. So when there were new ears and eyes on, again, I'm speaking about the Indigenous community because I'm I'm a part of it. (laughs) When I saw that, I was like, oh, I need to bring this out, face my discomfort and start talking out loud about it. Mm -hmm. So it's really important. And you had said earlier about being unapologetic. That's the work that I have to do. When I sit in ceremony and I sit in ritual with God, with creator, with my ancestors, it's like I'm being told what to do. And I listen to that kind of that direction, if you will. And because it's not about me and that's how I can be unapologetic because I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to act and I'm willing to speak because if I don't, who's going to?
0: I feel like you you talked about a couple words in the story you just shared, but what do you want your legacy to be as an entrepreneur?
2: I mean, I want to change the fucking world. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> I'm here for that. That's awesome.
2: <laughs> let's dismantle these unwell systems and let's live how we know We're supposed to live. I work from a place of like knowing. I don't know where that comes from. I I have to give that to my ancestors because they're the ones that are saying to me, like, go, keep going. I know how important my work is because there's tremendous opportunity. I see the impact of like one person, me, healing my relationship with money and how that ripples into... You know, I look at my family and I look at us having this conversation and how that will ripple out mm-hmm. into other conversations. I really see my work as a conversation. Us having this conversation will ripple out into the digital, whatever, ethers, right? And people will listen to it and they'll start having, oh, there's opportunity here to have a new, a different perspective on money. Mm-hmm. We start bringing these conversations into other spaces. And I don't know, it, it, that is just so important. And yeah. I see that when one person heals, we bring that out into our communities. And there's, there's greater opportunities and more and more opportunities to heal.
1: Totally. And I love how you said that your work isn't really your work, you're just kind of a vessel, right? Mm-hmm. And so you're a vessel like for ancestor creator, you know, to do their work through you. And then you can can share and start those conversations, like you said, yeah, I would love to know kind of going back to to Ashley's question. But w- with these conversations, what's the impact you hope to have? Or what's the what's the type of influence you hope to have? when people Mm -hmm. hear and listen?
2: I want people to dismantle, unblock, unlearn the teachings that we have not only picked up from these unwell, unbalanced systems, AKA the patriarchy and the colonialism, et cetera, government systems. We've not only been told, we've been withheld from these conversations, We've been told that making and pursuing and the opportunity to be financially abundant, if you will, is available to us, at least me, I'll speak, I'll speak firsthand, like that's what I felt anyways. And we've been left out of the conversation and blatant action, you know, things that historically have happened and continue to happen within our communities that impact our opportunities to live well. And this is about more than just money. Mm. It's actually not even about money. Money doesn't matter, but when we allow ourselves to clear up, to unlearn what we've learned, what we've picked up, And what we've internalized, when we let that dissolve into the nothingness that it is, then we have a new experience. I think, again, from my own personal experience, I have a new experience of me with who and what I am. And I have a new experience with the world. I have a new experience with my work something really magical happens when I allow myself to receive. Mm. And I want every Indigenous woman and gender non-conforming person and man, you know, (laughs) of course, I want us all to experience like the fullness of ourselves. Mm. And it's not that we need money to do that. Money's, it's kind of like what we were saying what you just said, Vanessa, like money is just, money too is just a like I'm a channel and money is just, it's like, it's like that energy we were talking about is just energy. Yeah. Right. I want every indigenous person to experience the fullness of themselves without letting something like money stop us. hmm
1: And I love how you say it. It's not about the money. And what I'm hearing is it's not about the money, but what it is, it's removing ourselves from historical oppression, Mm -hmm. genocide, and being excluded from these conversations, like you say, and really fully embracing our self-worth, right? And embracing the idea of abundance and knowing we're worthy of that. And then money just is, is just part of that, but it's not really about the money, like you say. Right. Yeah, right? beautiful. I would love to hear from you, Miss Rich and ante We're going to get some anti-energy from you. Yes. What advice would you give to new or emerging entrepreneurs or even just anyone listening about welcoming money into your life? Like, do you have any like practical tips or guidance on decolonizing our mindset about money?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I believe entrepreneurship is a creative venture as well, is to keep listening and following whatever that internal guidance is to create. I believe that creator created us to create. We're here to create. We were created to create a new world, and it's through answering that call to create that. I truly believe that abundance or money, that's where the flow is clearest, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's so much to say here. It's hard to give like a little snippet, but I would say keep following that internal nudge and keep following whatever it is you feel compelled to create because it is through that there's a greater opportunity for that channel to be clear and for us to receive. The confidence that we have, again, I'll I'll bring it back to me, the confidence that I have, knowing that I'm showing up in the world, doing what I'm supposed to do, quote unquote, supposed to do, gives me such tremendous confidence that I haven't received in other areas of my life, if that makes sense. So it's through answering that call so to speak that i think that's where our quote-unquote what we're supposed to do you know yeah mm-hmm. did that answer your question <laughs> yeah i, I
0: don't think that's that a beautiful like piece super... of advice uh you know just don't don't block that call to create and just remember that we're here we're here to create and exchange energy with one another and you know, money is just one of those forms of exchange that we use, one of many. I'd say a lot of a lot of what you shared today is an exchange of wisdom. Yeah. What would you say to a creative uh, artist uh, who is uncomfortable charging for what they're making?
2: Mm-hmm. I want to say, <laughs> don't <laughs> like <laughs> don't be uncomfortable but it, I know it's not that simple I would say while whilst in the mode of creation while that thing whatever that person is creating while that thing is coming through them to connect to whatever it is that is compelling them to create it does, does that make sense? So connecting to that, whatever spirit or whatever is compelling them to create that thing and mm-hmm. to connect to where they learned it. You know, if they're a beater, where they learned it, to connect to their ancestors, to the lineage of how it came about to the present moment and where that lineage came from. And through that lineage is how it came to be. And to know that the value of that lineage and all of that wisdom and experience and love and care that went into that one piece to really connect to it, you know, and to know that what that person is creating in that moment is not just it's not frivolous it's so meaningful and you know all of those people that it took to to get to this moment like they did not have the opportunities that we have today mm. and I truly believe one of my teachings is that we are as indigenous people we are modern indigenous people you know we are in this digital era for a reason. It's all on purpose to seize these opportunities that our ancestors did not have before us.
1: That's so beautiful. And I think it's such a beautiful reminder that that piece of work, whatever it is, like you said there's generations and generations and generations behind it, right? And so in essence, it's actually invaluable. So whatever price tag you put on it, it's ultimately, it's insignificant for that beautiful energy exchange. I love that.
2: Absolutely. And even if we're not connected to, even if we, you know, are not connected directly to, um, to knowing what our history is and what our past is I don't think that matters because I again in my experience I know very little of my history but my ancestors have been speaking with me and working with me for like more than I even realized for longer than I even you know like they would tell me shit when I was like 15 and I'd be like what <laughs> you know like they, they were like it's all everything is on purpose you know they like And like, my life was in shambles at the time. It was really, you know, and whether we know our history or not, does not matter. Our ancestors are working with us and through us always. Mm -hmm. So they continue to guide us and support us. So if you're disconnected from your history and your family lineage, they're still there. So I ask you and I invite you to listen. You know and to act and to believe them
0: <laughs> so thinking of these you know all of these exchanges that you've been the energy exchanges that you've been talking about what does the term rematriating mentorship mean to you
2: it's unlearning the ways that we have been operating as kind of the system if you will as a society, a colonized society. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the colonized society, the world as we know it today rests and actually is built on the patriarchal way of being. So it's a very masculine way of operating in the world, right? You know, as indigenous people. We know the truth and we connect to it and let that be our guiding force, but we also still have to operate in these colonial patriarchal systems. So how can we unlearn how we had to be in these Unwell, unbalanced systems. These are not well systems. So it really is an active practice every single day to unlearn, to recognize, to dismantle, to relook at, to study ourselves and be like, oh, that, you know, I'm believing what I've been told that I shouldn't, quote unquote, shouldn't pursue money or I shouldn't make money. I shouldn't make more than I need because that's greedy. And it's like, No, we are not greedy people. There are forces and people who operate with money from a greedy place, but we can unlearn and dismantle that, that Mm -hmm. teaching.
1: Yeah, and I love how you mentioned, you know, dismantling and disrupting the patriarchy, because that's part of the colonized world we live in. And when we disrupt and dismantle the patriarchy, it'll make room for the matriarchy to rise Mm -hmm. and counterbalance, right? Because it's been so male dominant our society, Western society. So to bring that balance back, to restore harmony and restore balance, beautiful. Love that, Vicky. I can't believe our conversation with you is coming to an end. As Ashley mentioned it always goes so quickly. <laughs> being right. in circle really with you, Ricky. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but would love for you to let our listeners know where can they find you online.
2: The best place is Instagram. I'm also on TikTok.
1: <laughs> and where you can they that. find you on Instagram and TikTok?
2: At Rich and R i c h i n, d i g a u um, n t i e you know, follow me, engage with me, send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you. Obviously, like I love this conversation so much that I made it my job because I believe that every single one of us, again, we can create a new world and it takes every single one of us and yeah, let's shut up.
1: And on that noble we'll end on that <laughs> big anti-energy vicky thank you so much for joining us and having this much needed conversation and for all our listeners please stay tuned for future episodes where we're going to be talking more about personal finance and more money talk as we engage with other amazing indigenous mentors so thank you everyone for listening and we look forward to joining us in Circle again.
3: Thank you. Welcome me. chi Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Circles of Matriarchy. Thank you to our co-hosts, Ashley Richard and Vanessa les and to all of our valued guests. Circles of Matriarchy is co-created in partnership with the National Indigenous Hub of WEC and the Indigenous Lift Collective. Thank you to our sponsor for this season, the Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub. The Women Entrepreneurship Knowledge Hub, or WEC for short, shares research and resources on women entrepreneurs in Canada. Made up of 10 regional hubs, WEC operates in both official languages and includes a network of over 250 organizations. Reaching more than 100,000 women entrepreneurs, WEC is a part of the Government of Canada's Women Entrepreneurship Strategy that aims to increase women entrepreneurs' access to financing, talent, networks, and expertise. The WEC National Indigenous Hub was given the traditional name of mekwam mekwaii which is Anishinaabe for Ice Bear Woman. Please subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and family. And be sure to tune in for another episode of Circles of Matriarchy. We'll see you next time.